Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. What you're about to experience is a free, worldwide interactive broadcast from Ontario, Canada. We broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Get your questions in. Join the community chat room at www.category5.tv or email us at live at category5.tv. And now, let's begin. Here's your host, Robbie Ferguson. Welcome to episode number 241 of Category 5 Technology TV. It is Tuesday, May the 1st, 2012. Yeah, and it's actually quite beautiful. Snow came and it's finally gone again, which is so nice. Snow, whatever. 30 some odd degrees coming this Thursday. I'm looking forward to that. How are you doing? Welcome to the show, everybody. Nice to see you. Nice to have you here. Uh, Nice to have you here, Erica. Yes. Uh, second time in? Yeah, I'm happy to be back. It's good, good. Been, a, been, a, been a long month. A lot of new projects I'm working on. Yeah. So. What, uh, what are you up to these days? Um, well, actually, I'm working on a mural. I'm painting one for... Painting? Uh, yeah, I'm painting oh. one. We digitally um, designed it. Mm-hmm. It's to bring wellness into the high school that I could go to. Mm-hmm. So it's to kind of raise awareness of occlusiveness and kind of mm-hmm. people who always feel kind of left out. So, yeah, oh. we're doing a big mural, and um, it's taken about three weeks to do. Wow. It's in the entire forum. And then um, I'm kind of working on a mockumentary. A mockumentary? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, going to be probably about 45 minutes long, mm-hmm. and it's for a project that I got to do, and it's called Growing Up in the Burbs. <laughs> Are you the star by any chance? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like kind of, you know, it's Nah, For some <laughs> reason, like B-Rad comes to mind. You know? B-Rad? I get B-rad. called Airhead. Airhead? Okay. Probably won't won't use that one, but uh, <laughs> we can probably think of a few. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't really think of anything too harsh. I'm not really like that. <laughs> cool stuff. Hey, nice to see everybody in the chat room. So sorry that we're late getting started uh, this evening. We had some technical difficulties off the top. If you're following along in the chat logs, you'll know that, uh, or make a note that we are 13 minutes behind schedule, so so at, uh, at the 13 mark is where you should reset the counter to zero. So, but uh, great to be here. Uh, glad that, uh, that we're finally on and good to, uh, good to see you. And, uh, and I'm excited about uh, your viewer questions tonight. I know there's a lot that have come in and, uh, and love chatting with you in the chat room as well. So, uh, so um, make sure you say hi in the chat room. Erica is uh, going to do her best to, to follow along there and myself as well. Tonight we've got those uh, Eco Alkalines batteries uh, that we're going to be giving away. A full year supply. It was, uh, it was an intense day of sorting through your ballots tonight, today. Uh, we had uh, well over uh, 200 ballots uh, that were cast. Uh, well over that. So it's um, great turnout. Yeah, so we've got a lot of... Uh, we're going we're gonna to run through your names a little bit uh, in just a, a few minutes' time. Um, but we can jump right into um, just checking things out in the chat room if anyone has any questions or if you want to uh, get things started uh, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, we have a viewer question from um, Aramoni. And um, it says that I was advised by a forum to watch your episode 103, Unraid Server, and episode 104, A Week with Unraid, in order to learn more about a project I'm researching. Can you please tell me how I'm able to watch these episodes of your show? Thank you very much. 
Sure, 103 and 104. Uh, a little tip for you, um, and I'm sorry to not be looking at the camera here. I'm, I'm also getting things all set up for you. But um, a little tip for you. If you go to, there's a special URL on our site that's kind of hidden in the back end, but our player is dot cat5.tv so anytime that you want to catch one of those episodes as long as it's part of the uh, kind of season 2 and beyond uh, you can just append the episode number to the end of that so just to give you an idea let me just pull up my browser window here so if you go play.cat5 prompting me for a password there, play.cat5.tv slash 103, enter, will in fact start playing episode number 103 for you. So that's a quick way to uh, track down that episode. So kind of cool. So any of the, uh, any episode, if you want to just really quickly get to it, you can just type it in there. And also, Category 5 TV is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's, ne- if it's tech, it's here. Thanks, Erica. No problem. <laughs> I feel like I should have like some, some music or something as I kind of get things all set here. There we go. You've got your very own name at the bottom. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Chat room, any uh, questions for us off the, off the top as we get things uh, up and going here tonight? Well, we have my dad on the show. <laughs> yeah, he's here tonight. That's going to be kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk to him about what he's up to these days. Now, we didn't receive any postcards this week. You know that we love to receive your postcards uh, in the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly would love to have you send yours in. Yeah, it's for sure. I, I think it's awesome that you guys can send some postcards to us. It's really nice to actually get them. So... You know, I still send them when I go on vacation, so it's nice. Yeah, that's that's true, too. You can send your postcard to Category 5 Technology TV, Postal Box 29009, Barrie, Ontario, Canada, L4N7W7. We'd love to receive those from all over the world. Cool. Well... If we have uh, any questions in the chat room, I'll, I'll field those right now as we just kind of... I'm just getting my head on straight after uh, quite a quite an afternoon of getting things set up. So yeah, there. I think we're good to go from here on in. Well, at least you're able to work pretty quickly to get it all up and running. Wirecast is fantastic that way, getting things back up and running. But uh, yeah, good stuff. <laughs> hey, Garby. Nice to see you. Uh, a couple people in chat room wondering what what was the cause of the problem, and essentially uh, cameras didn't come online. Our USB bus wasn't uh, wasn't coming online, so uh, so big problem. So we're down to one camera tonight just to get up and running. Um, had I had more time behind the scenes to to get things up and going, I probably could have figured out what was going on in in the big picture. But uh, here we are, we're on the air. So Well, we have another viewer question. Alright. Um, it is from a B, I guess a B mail. I can't really pronounce it. And it's, um, Robbie, have you tested Ubuntu 12.04 uh, beta and will, uh, per- and will perfect Ubuntu work with it? Many thanks to you and your co-host, Jim. 
Yeah, hey Jim, uh, Perfect Ubuntu is a dead project, plain and simple. I mean, that was a great project when Ubuntu was a GNOME 2 based operating system distribution, um, as it is now. I've kept the site online, uh, but as the old LTS is phased out, I think we're just going to let Perfect Ubuntu die off. Uh, unless there is a demand for specific features, but truth be told, you know it was a great project for those early uh, earlier distros. But now uh, Ubuntu has kind of made it obsolete, so it's unfortunate. Uh, I've considered maybe porting it over to Debian, um, but then we're stepping away from Ubuntu Linux. So um, if that's something that interests people, then that's certainly an option. As far as testing Ubuntu 12.04, yeah, um, now we're actually into the LTS cycle, so. The distro has been released. We're going to be talking about that tonight, so um, I'll help you to, to see what that's all about. Um, so we're going to look at that tonight, Jim, and uh, looking forward to it. It's uh, it's pretty decent. I think they're finally getting somewhere with um, with the uh, with the Unity interface, where it's actually user friendly enough to you know that I, I could actually see it on the desktop a little bit more than I could with like 11.04 and especially 11.10. So things are progressing there very, very well. So we're going to take a, a quick break as, uh, as we switch some spots around here on the set. And uh, Lionel Lalonde from uh, Eco Alkalines Batteries is going to be joining us. And uh, we have a full year supply of batteries to give away. Um, so make sure you, uh, you stick around. You could be the winner. Uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. At EcoAlkalines, we believe you should be able to trust your batteries not just here, but here, here, and here. But with one exception, you should also be able to trust your batteries here. EcoAlkalines are the world's first and only certified carbon-neutral battery manufactured to the highest standards of recycling and quality, without any trace amounts of harmful chemicals like mercury, lead, or cadmium. EcoAlkalines provide performance that rivals leading national alkaline battery brands at a comparable price. Find out more about the EcoAlkalines difference. EcoAlkalines.com This is Category 5 Technology TV, and I'm joined by Lionel Lalonde from EcoAlkalines tonight. And uh, good to see you again. Been a little while. It has been, Robbie. Yeah. Thanks for having us back on the show. We're very excited to be here. Yeah. Uh, you'll remember Lionel was here, uh, I don't know if it was about six or eight months ago, yep. uh, under a year ago anyways, and, and uh, we've done this before and had a little bit of a chat about what EcoAlkalines represents and, and uh, what's so significantly different about your battery brand and how you do things. Uh, what have you been up to in the meantime? Well, our, you know, the folks in our company have been, uh, we've been traveling quite a bit. We've mm -hmm. actually, uh, we've attended several shows in Las Vegas, uh, Chicago, uh, Florida, um, and basically working uh, more on our in-store presence right now. We've done a lot of work in the past on the our web presence and yeah. certainly we've gotten our batteries listed with many uh, online retailers. Mm -hmm. uh, we've uh, actually have a government is using the batteries. We have militaries using our batteries, Great. schools in mm -hmm. some of the cities. Um, next week, I'm off to um, London for my first time, London, England. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I'm out there for a week to visit with uh, many well-known retailers. So uh, within the next several months, we'll be um, we'll be announcing some uh, major launches with uh, retailers in Canada, the U.S., and uh, um, in England. Fantastic. So we're starting to see EcoAlkalines brand batteries uh, in more and more retail outlets. And, That's correct. Um, so are they available? One of the questions that I've I've had on the on the show several times. I mean, obviously you sell them off of your website, um, so I presume that they can be gotten anywhere in the world. Are they currently available everywhere? Or? 
We have, as I said, we have more of a web uh, presence. I mean, yeah. they're available on Costco, uh, Walmart, Best Buy, Future Shop right. uh, in the U.S. They're available on uh, Global Industrial, uh, Granger. Um, wow! Right now, uh, we have a good in-store presence in Canada. Uh, we're working on the U.S. That's fantastic! Man. A relatively new company. We're just—it's actually just over a year old. Fantastic! Oh, that's really good. Impressive. So tonight we have a year supply of EcoAlk lines batteries to give away. This does not represent the year. Uh, as you remember, uh, we had Invincible Mutant one last year, and he laid them all out, and it was just a, a, a plethora of batteries. So, um, so are we good to give these away? Like, are we? We're ready. We're yes. set. Fantastic. Well, basically, what we did over the past uh, several weeks, uh, in in kind of honor and and uh, observance of Earth Day, just uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, we wanted to basically allow people to um, be like it's Earth Day all year round by using an eco-friendly product like EcoAlk Lines batteries uh, in their devices. So, um, so we have a year supply to give away. Uh, make sure you follow EcoAlkalines on Twitter. Make sure you visit them at cat5.tv/eco as well, and you'll see the links for the Facebook profile, all that stuff there as well. Um, and uh, we'd love to have you uh, learn a little bit about the company as well. So I'm going to uh, start drawing names here. Here we go. These are uh, all the qualifiers that have come in. Like I say, lots of the vinyl, lots of people uh, interested in EcoAlkalines. Roger Davies. I see a couple of eggs, which means people have probably registered for Twitter accounts specifically because they are interested in people out there. Hey, Fritz and Scott. Good luck, everybody. Things are picking up. I did see Tordo. It's flying by. Literally, there are so many people that have cast their ballots that uh, we have we have to go this fast, otherwise this is going to take 40 minutes. Here's Rick. I saw you. I saw Kevin Lucy there as well. Sorry if I mispronounced it, but Pascal, congratulations. Good going. Congratulations. And uh, you are the winner of a year supply of Eco Alkalines batteries. So what do you have uh, c- coming up over the ne- course of the next year? Interested to... 
Um, as you said, we're working on a number of retails that uh, retailers that'll be rolling out the batteries in their stores mm-hmm. um, around the October time period. Uh, back to school. Yep. So we'll certainly announce that as soon as that happens through your show, and uh, uh, certainly come back on and probably celebrate with another giveaway. Fantastic. So wonderful. Oh, we appreciate you being here. <coughs> if you see Eco Alkaline's batteries on the store shelf at your local retailer, make sure you pick them up and uh, give them a try. They are uh, comparable as far as the quality of the batteries to major leading brands but they are eco-friendly, 98% recyclable, and they are just fantastic carbon neutral. The world's only certified carbon neutral battery, correct. as I it understand. So, Robbie, we want to thank you for uh, having us on the show uh, and also for all your support throughout this year. On, uh, Cheers. You know, I really love your commercial. Ah, thank you. <laughs> That was really well done. You should uh, get a part-time job with SC on TV. <laughs> there you go. Again, thank you, Rob. Well, appreciate cheers. it. Thanks for being here. And congratulations once again to our winner tonight, uh, Pascal. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Thanks for joining us tonight. And uh, you can find us online at www.category5.tv. A seamless transition indeed. <laughs> it was pretty good. <laughs> was Almost pretty a good, movie good. one. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Get your questions in with us tonight, live at category5.tv, or of course join us in the chat room when we do our best to keep up there. Um, Jot wondering in the chat room if uh, if your batteries, Lionel, um, Lionel, sitting backstage, are they available in Europe? And I, you can yell, and I'll I'll relay. They will be. That's they will be. My trip to uh, England next week. Um, I will be visiting with a number of retailers. Wonderful. There. Good. Uh, also in Sweden and in Ireland. Sweden, Ireland, and uh, and Europe as well. England. Um, Lionel is going there um, next on Monday to yes. uh, to start uh, to continue talks with uh, with some of the major retailers out there. So I'm sure you'll start seeing them very soon. So I'd love to stay and chat about Linux, but I <laughs> <laughs> take care, Lionel. Thank you. Sure. He's off to hockey. Says he'd love to stay and chat about Linux, and I know that that's the case. Big Linux buff, that guy. <laughs> well, he's still questioning me changing over. I don't know. You're changing over, are you? I, I still got to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to show you how tonight. Excited about that. Yes. I'd love to uh, to field a couple more viewer questions um, before we start looking at Ubuntu 12.04. Okay. And, uh, and send your questions in to us. Um, I, yeah. I, I wanted to say, I, tonight is kind of a little bit laid back, and we're just kind of, you know, we're, you're sitting in my living room, just consider it that way, and we're just having a chat, <laughs> hanging out, right? Um, not the usual, um, you know, down to the to a T format show. So uh, here we are. We're just hanging out. Yeah, just hanging out. Yeah. Nice to see you. Thanks for joining me in my living room. <laughs> <laughs> the work room, living room, lazy mm. room. Mostly. Okay, right. so we have another viewer question, and uh, it says, "Hi, Cat Five. My laptop hey, yeah. does my laptop does a clicking noise when I power it off." Oh dear. Earlier, I was listening to Paramore. Yes, and while I was playing it, I started clicking, and my music stopped. Then, no. and, the, and then the clicking stopped, and my music carried on. I ran four tests on the hard drive, and it oh. passed all four. I played the same song again, and just in case I had a bad sector, but I played okay afterwards. Um, is my hard drive on its way out? Thanks. You're all awesome. And this is from from Toby. Toby. In the chat room, I saw you there. Says that's my question. Yeah. Toby, dude, when a hard drive starts clicking, all right. Picture, picture an old record player. 
you you oh yeah, yeah. we had that talk <laughs> i had to t- we had that talk she she's a, a good nostalgic fan so a record player an lp player you've got the needle that's scratching out to the uh to the inside of the record and when it gets to the end it starts doing 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 slapping like that well the inside of a hard drive kind of has that same appearance it's got a a needle that's moving across the the uh surface of the hard drive it's called the heads and those heads if they become demagnetized or get otherwise mixed up or if the pcb board is is messed up they can start slapping and when they do that it can cause all kinds of problems um, and it could mean a pending hard drive failure Um, so if your data is currently readable this is a good time for you toby to create an image of your hard drive get clonezilla make a copy of everything that's on your hard drive make an image so that you can transfer that over to a new hard drive uh, when that time comes i don't want you to lose anything Clicking generally is bad. Uh, it is nicknamed the click of death. So, <laughs> Like the red ring of death on your Xbox? <laughs> it's, it just, once it starts happening, if it starts happening, you're, for one thing, count your blessings, because a lot of times um, your hard drive just dies and you have no warning. It sounds to me like you've got a little bit of warning. So good, you've got everything backed up. That's good. Um, I wouldn't trust that drive for anything. Um, if it's if it's clicking, it's on its way out. So Bad situation. Always have a backup. Sounds like Toby's wise about that. Keeping yeah, a, keeping at least a good you got backup a backup. With their files. Yeah. You're really lucky. I lost all my music. No. No yeah. click of death to warn No you. click of death. Just turned on my laptop. Well, actually, didn't turn it on. Just black screen of death. Oh dear. Wouldn't even turn on. Oh. Yeah, it was my last laptop, and now I just have, I don't know, a newer one that I just need to get upgraded. Mostly, I'm kind of out of date. (laughs) (laughs) John's just reminding the chat room that sometimes you can hear that little click when the hard drive heads uh, park themselves. Park. That's the old term for RLL drives and stuff that used to take that head and move it off the platter. These days, it's very... Uh, it's very um, how do you say silent is what Jot says but it's it's very cushioned so you don't ever really hear that and if you do hear it it usually what that means is it's not parking it's actually slapping the spindle of the drive you've got like the circular thing in the middle that has the bearings and everything that's what it's most likely hitting when you hear that click 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 and what it is is the the head's trying to get the data, but it can't get there because there's something wrong with the heads. Yeah. This doesn't sound right. It doesn't. <laughs> and it's funny because people think, oh, well, I'll switch to uh, SSD, the, the solid-state hard drive, which has no moving parts, and then we rule out that problem. And But then all of a sudden we've got the presentation of a whole new problem where demagnetization or the floodgates breaking or whatever could be... At least with a spinning hard drive, you've got a chance for data recovery mm. in that, you know, it can, they can replace the heads if it's the heads at a data recovery lab and you can get your data back because it's still stored magnetically on the platter. With an SSD, it's not stored magnetically anywhere. It's stored in floodgates. So um, if it dies, it dies. Just hopefully got your stuff backed up. So always, always, always have a backup. Yep. I learned my lesson. Yeah. <laughs> so now... How's your backup scenario now? I still haven't learned my lesson. <laughs> I still need see to... How I did, see how I did that? <laughs> yeah. Why is it that we can say we've learned our lesson and yet you're still not backing up? Uh, well, 
the thing is, I kind of gave up. Like, I had so much music, because, mm-hmm. like, hardcore music fan, and I just was, like, kind of discouraged to even try downloading music again, so I literally just have all so my... set yourself up for more failure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that I, makes like, sense. That was a good five years of music on my old oh, HP dear. laptop, and then I recently just got a Toshiba, but at the same time, I just have pictures and i use it for internet like mm. i'm kind of discouraged to even try to get okay. itunes on it again so. yeah mm. yeah i need like an external hard drive an external hard drive that you use as a backup like a secondary copy is key a lot of people will and i see it in business all the time people will buy an external hard drive and they'll take all their pictures and they'll drag them onto the external hard drive moving them off of the computer <laughs> And then what happens if they drop that external hard drive when they're disconnecting it? Well, I just moved all of the images off of it. Terrible. Well, Chris, um, by the way, I have the Hanson movie. I never really kind of... What's this about? uh, He's making fun. (laughs) You lost all your recordings of Hanson? (laughs) (laughs) I have the movie. I All just, I know. That's the that's the whole No, I lost my Spice Girls, you know. Spice Girls? Oh. <laughs> you can borrow mine. I still have the Spice World movie if anyone's interested. <laughs> it's VHS. On Is it VHS? All right, good. <laughs> if anyone still has those. Mm. I don't. I recently noticed that VHS? in our house. We don't have anything in our house anymore. I literally just put in my mum actually donated a, a vcr to us so we just installed a vhs vcr which is funny because it's sitting alongside of all this technical gadgetry <laughs> plugged in through rca cables and uh well it's nice for the kids to have access to the old videos that they have especially so. the disney movies yeah lots <laughs> of disney movies on vhs boy oh boy yeah yeah Hey, we've got time for uh, another question, if we have any. We have... Um, oh, of course we have your questions. Mm. I know we do. This one isn't a viewer question. It's actually a chat question. Okay. Um, it's from Invincible Mutant. Nice name. Um, hey, is there any good tool on Linux to recover uh, extension for uh, partition? ext4 partition? Oh, ext4. Data recovery partition. on that? Depends on what, what you're trying to recover. There, there are tons of tools. Um, and uh, I won't get into data recovery tonight just because that's not something that I'm really well-versed at. Um, I like stuff like like PhotoRec, like uh, TestDisk is a fantastic application. TestDisk, all one word, that you can install through Apt or through Synaptic. It's a command line uh, suite of tools. Uh, but it would do a fair job to go through uh, using the PhotoRec tool. It can... Uh, it can access your data but it depends on whether there's a hard drive failure or if it's just a file system failure because if 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 you're like toby and you've got this click of death happening and you try to run data recovery software on it guess what you're going to get halfway there and you're going to kill the drive because you're doing a sector by sector read and you're going to lose everything mm-hmm. um so you're better at that point if it's if it's a hardware failure you need to get it into a data recovery lab somebody who can repair the hardware first before attempting the data recovery if you feel confident in the hardware and it's just a software issue, then I would recommend try test disk and try PhotoRec, uh, which comes with that. PhotoRec, 
I always thought it was just a photo recovery application based on the name, but it scans through and it picks out any files that seem important, like doc files, Excel files, photos, all that kind of stuff, text files, and recovers those to a, a separate hard drive. So, very cool tool. And it's free. That one's free. So, I can recommend that because it's a good deal. <laughs> I'd like to talk a little bit about Ubuntu 12.04. Are you familiar with when I say Ubuntu? What do you think? Bless you. Operating system? Maybe? Yes. Yeah, okay. Good okay. Going. Okay. Very good. It's a Linux distribution. So, have you heard of it before? Like Yeah, I heard it was better for um business and kind of like if you have like your online better business. For business. Uh, that's what I heard. I heard, heard. Here, I heard for online business, which I'm trying <laughs> to get into at the moment. So, yeah, I I, th- right. I think I'm interested. Yeah. You know, I'll actually start actually using my laptop and except cool. for videos and y- stuff. You're familiar with Linux. I know that you're, you're you've mentioned uh, even earlier tonight that you're you're kind of curious about Linux and and maybe want to make that transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Windows installed in your computer right now. Yeah. One of the tough things at that point is, uh, well, what do you do? Because I want to try Linux, but I'm I don't want to lose all my stuff, and I don't necessarily want to commit to it if it doesn't work out. If for some reason you know it doesn't function on my hardware or something. Um, but what you can actually do is you can actually try it on your system first. There's a couple of different options. You can boot from the CD, and it will it will run in what's called live mode, which is kind of cool. But here I am, and I've just got a, a bare Windows XP installation. And Erica, I can just bring up Ubuntu.com. And when you're there, check this out. And this will, you know, you can do this from any of your Windows systems, Windows 7, Windows XP. I'm just using XP because it was lightweight and quick to insta- uh, to set up for tonight. Uh, up at the top, just click on Download. And uh, what I want to do in my case, I want to get the Desktop Edition, not the Server or Cloud Infrastructure Edition. I want to use Desktop. And don't let that phase you because it doesn't mean it won't work on a laptop. It is. It will detect that uh, that it's a laptop and it will install correctly. Pardon me hiccup all of a sudden. Okay, so what what you want to do, Erica, because I'm booted into my Windows computer, right? Mm-hmm. Just to simplify things, if you scroll down a little ways, you see looking for an easy way to install on Windows, check out the Windows installer. So cool enough, you click on that and uh, allow it to download that program. There we go. And let's run it. Okay, so as simple as this, we can see that we can set up Ubuntu 12.04 on our Windows platform system. Basically, I can leave everything as default if I like. Set up your username. I might set it up, you know, if I was you, I would set it up as Erica, right? Mm -hmm. Let's call it demo123, demo123. And let's give it a try. I'm going to go install. Please use all lowercase letters in your username. Whoops. There we go. So it's actually going to download that directly to my Windows partition. So I haven't had to use a CD. I haven't had to buy anything. I haven't had to purchase anything off off a website and wait for it to come in the mail or anything like that. It's a very, very quick download. Or even give out any information. No information. No. Why should you? 
right? And the activation and the, the actual setup of the system. It looks like, now it says remaining time, 7 minutes and 40 seconds. We're going to kind of time that and see if that's accurate. Because here we are doing this in real time. This is a real install of Ubuntu 12.04 on our Windows XP system. Or it could be a Windows 7 system, depending on how you want to have it set up. Uh, or what you're currently running. What do you have on your system right now? Windows 7. Windows 7? So same same method to do this. So cool stuff. Any any uh, comments in the chat room? Uh, love to hear from people who have already tried Ubuntu 12.04. Yeah, let me know your favorite part of it and... You know what? Convince me. I, I really want to get to know this program. <laughs> What's neat about Ubuntu, now it is Linux, okay? So the the main differences are, you've probably heard that viruses and things are not the same level of threat as they are on a Windows computer. On Windows, you're you're essentially always running as an administrator, in which case... Um, viruses can easily get into your system. There are a lot of open doors in your Windows system to allow viruses to get in. Um, and on Windows 7, they've improved that by adding you know, certain types of security to the, the operating system. But what do we tend to do when we get the pop-up that says, do you want to authorize this? Do you want to authorize this? Do you ever really read that? No, you just say, oh, always authorize this. Yeah, just kind of, okay, 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 and whatever, then get out of my face. I want to get on the internet. Meanwhile, who knows what it's installing. It could be a virus. It could be whatever else. With Ubuntu, which is Linux, so it's a distribution of Linux, and it can get confusing because there's all these different... You hear Linux Mint and uh, Zorin OS and PC Linux OS and Debian and uh, OpenSUSE and, and SUSE and, and all these different distributions, but really what it boils down to is they're all Linux, and it's an alternative to Microsoft Windows. It's an alternative to Mac but it operates on PC hardware. So with your Windows 7 computer, you can install this Linux. In our case that we're doing today, it's Ubuntu 12.04. That's the latest release that just came out last week, and it's what's called long-term support. What's neat about this one is it's the first time that on the desktop, Canonical, the company that makes Ubuntu, it's the first time that they've said, okay, we're gonna give it a five-year release cycle. So you're going to always have the latest and greatest, all the updates, security fixes, all that stuff for free for the next five years. So, and that's generally, that's kind of the life that you would expect. If you get five years out of a computer these days, you're doing pretty good. Um, certainly if you get five years on a single installation, because then you're just getting, that's just getting silly. Three years would be good. Uh, laptops, I've gone through them like crazy. It's... Yeah. Literally every two, three years. Three years max. Yeah. So a five-year uh, support cycle is yeah, that's going to cover the yeah. life of your laptop, guaranteed. Now, I don't think that it's quite accurate, because I, I think I talked for a little longer than just a half a minute. But it says that we've got six minutes and 30 seconds remaining here to our installation. But I'm going to let that go. As we, as we allow that to continue on our Windows system, I'm going to actually boot up. I've, I've already installed Ubuntu 12.04 on another machine here. And uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to boot it up and we're going to take a, a kind of a gander at, uh, at what it looks like so that you can get a, a, the first impression of what Ubuntu looks like. So I'm just booting that up on this system here.
This is Category 5 Technology TV. Nice to have you here. Um, do post your questions and comments uh, in the chat room. Particularly, we're talking about Ubuntu and Linux uh, right now. Erica has never tried Linux, and so we're giving her a chance to to see what Linux is all about, uh, at least from a, a very you know entry-level new user standpoint. Mm-hmm. I, I've already booted up into this system here, Erica, so... I'm gonna I'm gonna enter my password as as I set it up on this computer, and get myself into this system for the first time. So here we go. On a on a new system on your laptop, it'll probably be pretty zippy. Um, on this system here now, of course, I'm virtualized, so I have three operating systems running right now on the same computer. So things are a little slower than they would perform on a on a fully native system. So. So you see immediately things are quite a bit different as far as the interface goes from your Microsoft Windows platform. Um, basically, your applications are down the left-hand side, and you've got this Dash Home button. When we click on this, it opens up kind of your most recent applications here, but also gives you a chance to start searching for applications. So if I want to do, um, you know, type in the word photo, and it gives me a photo manager. If I mm. type in uh, Internet... Let's see what comes up. It brings up empathy. If I type in, you know, if I know that I have Firefox, I can type fire. And even if I type fi, it already comes up. So it's fairly intuitive as far as getting to your application. It takes some time to get used to a little bit because you're used to the paradigm of the, the Windows desktop basically, and the old-style way of doing things. But this is the way things are starting to push. You'll see right off the bat that this has come with Writer, Calc, and Impress. These are alternatives to the Microsoft Office suite. Um, so your Office uh, Writer, for example, this will allow you to open your doc files, save to doc files, and it's entirely compatible with all the formats that you traditionally use on your Windows system. So if you have documents, things like that, you can still work with those. Mm-hmm. Um, Calc is, is kind of a clone of uh, Microsoft Excel. And again, compatible with your XLS files, so um, works very, very well. Yeah, I have a statistics class, so i got to use that a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we should give it a go. Um, let's see how the installation is coming along on our Windows computer here, because I, I and it's still kind of hovering around that same yeah. point. So we probably won't get to see this one in operation tonight, but it's going to be the exact same operating system. And what's neat is because it's installed as an application on your Windows system, you can boot into Windows and remove it if you're not happy with it for some reason. Or if you're satisfied, you can just start using it on a regular basis and no harm done. It's free. And you don't have to worry about the viruses and things like that. And you've got a great security suite. One of the cool things I think that you're going to really like about this, Erica, is the Ubuntu Software Center. And, you know, feel free, click around, click on stuff and say, hey, what's all this stuff do? Look at system settings. It's amazing how well laid out this is for mm-hmm. for the user. If you want to set up your backup, Erica, all you have to do is just click on backup. Makes sense. What do you want to do? Well, let's get started, right? Show my backup settings. Get going. And what's neat is it will actually prompt you, let's say you haven't, ins- haven't set up your backup. I think this is a good idea. Um, you've been running Ubuntu for a couple weeks. You've never set up a backup. Well, all of a sudden, lo and behold, Ubuntu warns you, hey, you haven't set up a backup yet. It's time. Click here to continue. And it makes the steps very, very easy using Deja Dupe. And uh, does a really, really good job 
on backing up your, your core system files. So excellent stuff. And that'll work with your external hard drive, your network, anything like that. But what I want to show you tonight is this Ubuntu Software Center, which is very, very cool. Um, you're probably used to, on Windows, having to find websites of applications and download them, having to go to the store and purchase CDs, yeah. which they still do, right? With Ubuntu, any of the applications that you want are here in the Ubuntu Software Center. So let's say we want to get GNU image manipulation programs. So we're going to type in GIMP, and the first thing that comes up is the GM, G, GNU image manipulation program. So I've highlighted it. I can go more info and find out more about it. Say I've never heard of it before and I'm just looking for a painting application or something. I can click on it. It's going to give me screenshots. It shows me everything about it. And also gives me the option to get some of the extras, which are fantastic. Because then you've got the chance to get some of the, you know, the bonus features of the, the software that normally you, you know, if you were on a let's say Adobe Photoshop, you'd have to purchase these additional plugins, right? Yeah. Um, so it's an alternative. So let's just say we want to install it. So I'm going to click on install and enter my password and let her go. So now I don't have to sit around and wait for it. I can go back and I can start looking at other stuff and go through. If you're looking for educational programs, there you go. What would be one thing that you might look for? There's games, there's whatever you need. Um, for, I don't know, education, yeah. maybe a French, a French translator for French class. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So I might just type in translate into the search, and I get one called Free Speak and Golden Dict. Free Speak is a front end for translator engines, so that one's not going to do it. So this one supports a multitude of dictionaries and translators and things like that. So when I when I do a search in Ubuntu mm. Software Center, I do things a little bit differently because I'm not looking specifically for Windows programs, for example. Like I'm not looking for Microsoft Word. I'm looking for an alternative to Word. So if that was what I was looking for, I wouldn't type in Microsoft Word. I would go, um, let's say, Office Suite. Let's see what that brings up. And, you know, there's a bunch of books and things like that. And, but I might try, you know, word processor. Right type comes up. Now that's, you know, that's a poor example because of course my word processor already came installed. But just to give you an idea as to how I might search in Ubuntu Software Center. So here within the system, you can see that it's, it's working its way through GNU image manipulation program. It's downloading. Oh, now it's applying the changes. And I can continue to add more things to this queue and, and they're gonna install on this system for me. Stellarium, that's a cool one. Oh. DevConf is running there. So you can see how easy it is to get the applications that you want through mm -hmm. Ubuntu Software Center. Browsing your computer is very similar to as you're used to in Windows. You click on the computer, the home folder icon there, and then you can start browsing around. Again, things will run a lot faster on your system, I guarantee you. Um, but we're virtualized here. Yeah. So. My only question is, though, with this is because the word, uh, like, kind of like the word and like um, 
like the it's not really Excel, but mm-hmm. what's it called? The calc. Calc. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was to transfer, like let's say I was doing some math homework at home, and mm-hmm. I go to my school, which uses Microsoft 2003, would I be able to still open up that file at school? Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you create, so you create, you edit it at home, mm-hmm. and when you go to save it, you would save as, and make sure that you select. Microsoft Excel. Oh, it has that? As the save as, yeah. By default, it's going to save to its own format. So you're right that, yeah, most likely they won't be able to open that if they don't have LibreOffice or OpenOffice installed. So what you do is when you've finished working on the spreadsheet, you go File, Save As, and you go to the formats down here. And my screen is a little bit monkeyed up here, but let's see if I can get that up for you. Here we go. And you'll see Microsoft Excel 2003 XML, 2007 XML, 2000 XP, 2003 XLS, old file format. So you see all those formats are available to you. By default, it's going to save it in the OpenOffice format. Mm. Um, But you can select easily to go to, this would be the one you want, Microsoft Excel XLS. Awesome. That's actually great. people will be able to... uh, to open that on the other end so mm-hmm. yeah that was my main concern because compatibility right yeah so when you realize that well the compatibility is really is there at this point and you can make that switch fairly seamlessly uh, without a, a very big learning curve once you get into it so cool so I'm gonna let uh, I'm gonna let the Windows thing just kind of go. Any other questions about uh, Ubuntu? About the way that Ubuntu works, uh, Linux in general. Um, as I say, you can install this on your Windows computer to give it a test. But you can also, if you've decided, let's say you've made the decision, which I hope you have. <laughs> I want to switch entirely. You know to what? Linux. I I think I probably will. Yeah. A couple of days. Definitely, okay. we'll get to it. Excellent. If that's the case, and I'm going to do this right within Ubuntu here, if you're if you're ready to switch, get back to the Ubuntu website, okay? And what you what you can do is you can download the actual CD, the real full fledged Ubuntu CD. So go to ubuntu.com, and once we're there, go up to download again. But this time we're not going to download the um, the Windows installer. We're going to download the regular download for the Ubuntu desktop. And you'll see 32-bit is recommended, but if you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that your computer supports 64-bit, you can select 64-bit, and you're going to get a little bit more speed, a lot more capabilities as far as being able to add more RAM and things like that if you want to go above 4 gigs of RAM, and then you can start the download. That's going to give you what's called an ISO file. And an ISO file, ISO, is basically it's an image we've talked about images before it's an exact duplicate of the real ubuntu cd so then you buy like a cdr i have lots of those yeah lots of cdrs and you you know on your windows 7 computer you double click on this iso and it will ask you to burn it and you burn it to your to your uh, cdr and then you reboot from that cd and you you've got a full-fledged downloaded cd a physical cd and now you can install it and you can wipe out Windows if you like. 
during the installation process, which I'm sure you can, you know, you you won't have any trouble doing. Mm-hmm. It gives you the option of installing alongside of your Windows system as well. In which case, when you boot up your computer, it'll ask you, do you want to run Windows or do you want to run Ubuntu? Which allows you to revert back to Windows if you need to during that learning curve time. So That's really cool how that we have the option. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we have from Chip It. He says, Robbie Shower comp, uh, Compiz. I'm not sure how you say yeah, it. <laughs> compiz is, like, when I do cool effects and stuff like that, like, I don't, I don't have a whole lot set up on here because, as I said, I am virtualized, and I'm not sure what is, you know, what's available to you. Compiz is, is a compositing system. Let's, let's really make it simple. It gives you cool visual effects on your computer. Um, so, you know, Windows has traditionally been pretty flat when it comes to effects. Not a lot to it. With Compiz, on the other hand, and I'll use my, my host system as, a, as an example instead, I can do, you know, things like that. You know, <laughs> move around my system in unique ways. I don't know what else can I show you with regards to Compiz. You can set up cool, I don't know if I have effects set up on this system right now. When my window comes in, no. But you can do some really cool things. For example, when I click on a window, it beams in, or it fades in, or it flies in like a paper airplane. Whatever That's you want to do, cool. Compass allows you to do all that. So, um, if I showed that to my dad, it'd keep him busy for hours. <laughs> Ooh. Paper airplane on the screen. <laughs> Chris Reich is wondering if Compiz is incompatible with Unity, and actually, Unity is a Compiz plugin, so uh, you have to have Compiz running for uh, the full Unity experience. Uh, but uh, as far as some of the plugins go, they may be incompatible for sure. So, but uh, yeah, Ubuntu and and Linux in general is is an exciting operating system and when you realize that you can install it on your computer it's it's really freeing to realize that hey I've got a a free operating system that I don't have to worry about a lot of the same stuff it does all the same things that I need to be able to do surf the web get my email print stuff connect a printer and it just works I don't need to find disks I don't need to install things in the traditional sense find driver disks and stuff like that and oh no, this disk is for Windows XP, but this is Windows 7, so I can't get it to work. I've got to go on the web. I had this happen with a Lexmark printer recently. Really? And literally, we had to go through so many hoops to get this printer to work on Windows 7 uh, and ended up having to find a Windows Vista driver. Totally, like, end users, just it would just drive you batty. Ubuntu, you plug in the printer. It works. There's no questions involved. You mm-hmm. plug it in. It works. Done. That's the way computing should be, if you ask me, right? Well, yeah, like from what I read, like that's how it seemed. Just very simple. No, you know, you have to read all these instructions and learn what you're trying to do. And then, I don't know, I just found that like I would accidentally click something and then mm-hmm. like just completely mess it up. Like it mm-hmm. wouldn't even run properly. And Oh, yeah. I don't know. I find that with Windows Vista before Windows 7. So. Yeah, that was an accident. <laughs> I, I wasn't a fan. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I definitely wasn't. <laughs> I hope that you had the pleasure of skipping over Windows Vista. Uh, sounds like you had some experience with it. but I 
Well, you know, I've had every uh, Windows. You know, I've been through the whole 11.04 and 11.10 of Ubuntu, and so I I think lots of of operating systems can have their Vista moments. But then, you know, hopefully they come out of it. And I think with Ubuntu 12.04, they've really started to uh, get to where a distribution, where an operating system needs to be for the end user. So, and it works really great. My wife, Becca, is running it on her computer. And uh, she's upgraded from 10.04. So she had a version that was from 2010, so a fairly old version of Ubuntu, and upgraded to 12.04, which is the new Fandangled and all the newest stuff, different interface and everything. And she's adapted to it very well and, and really enjoying using it. The kids especially love it. So maybe your kids will, will really take to Unity as well. Um, it just seems to make sense to them and just does what they need it to do. So we haven't even delved into any of the advanced kind of specs and features of Ubuntu tonight. Uh, but just to give us a, an impression from a, from an end user standpoint, a, a new user, um, I wanted to give you that opportunity too, and hopefully you'll want to give it a try. Well, I definitely will. <laughs> so when you're here next, are you going to have installed Ubuntu at that point? Oh, definitely sure. Yeah. Like, you know, I def- just I actually just wasn't aware of this alternative. Mm. Like it's s- Windows or Mac. Yeah. That's, that's the Like I knew about like Linux. Like I I knew, I knew about that other company like, you know, sure. when I was younger, but yeah. I just I never was aware of it. Never even knew anything about it until literally this year. And I think I kind of feel like I was left in the dark a bit. But I was always mm. the only thing I ever knew was Windows because we never had Mac computers. Right. So true, true, and and I think that Linux up until um, I don't know about five years ago, maybe maybe even when Warty came out, like there was a, a transitional phase when Linux became not so much a a hacker operating system, and by hacker I don't mean people breaking the law. I mean people who, you know traditionally eat a lot of pizza and drink a lot of beer <laughs> you know what i mean like it, yeah. it there was windows and there was mac and linux was this other thing but it was so complex and so out there unix like and just a black screen with green text on it and that was the impression up until a certain point and then the desktop linux really started to kick in and ubuntu has been right there and uh, has been progressively pushing Linux along. And here we are, it's 2012, and we've got a, a distribution that, as far as I'm concerned, is ahead of, you know, they're they're doing in Ubuntu 11.04, they're transitioning towards something that uh, Windows 8 is just starting to do with the change in the, the desktop parani- paradigm. And it's not even out yet. And here we are, we've got Ubuntu 12.04, and it's ready to go, and it's up and running. So, with a five-year update cycle and just the fact that it's free like you know it's it just it's it just for me like i was like oh i don't have to be worried about getting windows 8 now yeah you know (laughs) having to constantly update and then yeah i hate to say it but did i I mention you you don't you don't really have to buy a virus scanner every year 
I don't really deal with the whole virus scanners, Somebody but I know that I get in trouble all the time from my dad. That like he's like, oh, you were searching up this music, and you know we have a hundred new viruses. <laughs> he gets so mad. Quit searching for Justin Bieber <laughs> on my computer. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's pushing it. <laughs> I have actually never once listened to a song. Um, you know, looking it up and searching it. <laughs> you know, I've had to listen to it in stores, yep. but not a fan. All right. Sorry. I can relate. I can relate. I would much rather listen to Spice Girls. <laughs> Still, eh? I don't have them on my iPod, but right. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Dear me. But I heard that in the chat there was a statement earlier that... Um, uh, in the school systems, you know, they, they teach children how to use Microsoft. And, you know, f- it's the truth. Like, I remember being in grade two, and they introduced us floppy disks. They taught us exactly how to use them, but only Microsoft computers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's 2012, and we still have 2003 in our school systems. The office suite. Office, yeah. yep. And you ev- can't keep up. How can you keep up when it costs tens of thousands of dollars? All of up? our programs, like CorelDRAW, the uh, Photoshop, 10 years old. Mm. 10 years old for everything. I use Premiere. Um, that's a three-year-old. It's three years old. But mm-hmm. still, like, I just find that like everything that I use like can't really compare to a lot of, like I don't know, I would say the private schools are people who are actually doing this on their own systems. Like right. if I'm entering a video from a contest that is from my school's computer, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. So It makes me think of you know Exchange versus Zimbra and the way that Microsoft Exchange is so expensive to license and you've got to pay per mailbox and you've got to have antivirus on that system that's covering all those mailboxes and things and then you get the open source alternative that runs on linux and it's free and it does all the same stuff so cost of deployment and cost of maintenance and ongoing licensing fees has gone from here to like next to nil you're just basically offsetting to you know maybe it's training a support guy to be able to administer it for you or something like that so but when you think of a school, it's atrociously expensive to stay on top of the latest software. And so it, that's why you're learning old software in the educational system. It is, even when we use the portable microphones, like our laviers, like they they barely pick up sound. Like oh, it, yeah. it, I just, I really wish that we had some more funding in the technology or even so if, business classes. So if they were to classes. switch to an open source platform for all of their software, and save that, you know, ten, twenty thousand dollars a year or whatever it is and put it toward new lapels. Yeah, like that'd be such a good idea. And like we have some of these like even with the uh GIMP software, like just using that instead of paying yeah. for Photoshop. Absolutely. We like they paid tons I'm, of money for this. I'm like and people look at me and wonder why I don't have a, a smartphone or whatever else. And it's like, I, I'm the kind of person who I'll go into a store and I'll try, you know, I'll look at the ingredients of something, but I'll try the cheaper one if the ingredients are still fair, right? And comparing this, you know, it's an analogy of, of software to software, right? If it does the same thing, if it tastes the same, then why spend $2 more? If the software, Zimbra, for example, or uh, Linux does the same as their counterparts, Exchange or Windows, 
or Mac OS, where you pay the Mac tax on the hardware, why would you go that route when you can save tons of money, do all the same stuff, and uh, it's easy breezy. So give it a try. Give Linux a try. Give Ubuntu a try. It's ubuntu.com. And uh, post your questions here at Category 5 TV. Let us know what you think of the uh, the operating system, the distribution. And certainly if you've been watching tonight and you are a fan of a different Linux distribution, uh, just know that we are, we're talking about Ubuntu. We know that it's Linux. It's a Linux distribution. It's a flavor of Linux, if you will. We don't want to overcomplicate things because there are a lot of different versions of Linux that are out there. Yeah, that's what I was getting thrown at me in the chat room, and I'm like, yeah. oh, no. And that's <laughs> I got happens, a lot of reading right? ahead of let's me. Pick one, let's pick one and just say, okay, give this one a try. <laughs> don't need to overcomplicate mm-hmm. because a, a novice user doesn't need to try 30 different distros. They might try Ubuntu to start, and then they might try Mint because they've fallen in love with Linux and they want to learn what kind of different desktops are out there. For example, they might try Lubuntu. So, but let's give them a chance to give something a try, without it being too overcomplicated. <laughs> Garby <laughs> recommending Gen Two. Yeah, that's a great starter distro. You install it for them. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> and the chat room goes wild. <laughs> hey, I had fun. Nice to uh, nice to see you tonight. Great having yeah, you here, Erica. Thanks I'm glad to be back. And you know what? We got everything on top. Well, you did. You got the show going. Yeah. We'll get everything <laughs> resolved. Yeah. yeah. We'll have a talk maybe uh, in the chat room after the show or whatever else. But hope everybody has a fantastic week. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Check out cat5.tv slash calendar whenever you want to know who uh, is going to be on as far as co-hosts go. And uh, you'll see Erica on that calendar as well. So thanks for being here. Awesome. It was nice being here. And good night, guys. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next week.